0: Hola mi gente. Happy Freaky Friday. Let's get right into it. If you hear a cricket chirping in the back, I am so sorry. (laughs) It is late at night and um, I'm just going to try to continue talking throughout the whole episode. So you don't hear those crickets in the background, but just so you know, (laughs) there is a cricket in this room somewhere and I cannot find it. So bear with me. So let's talk about phobias so a phobia is an extreme or irrational fear of or aversion to something people can say they are afraid of something but if you've never seen a person who has a legit phobia it's pretty insane now i'm afraid of a lot of things for sure yeah i'm a big chicken but you know when it's such a severe fear because you feel it like you literally feel it in your body so, I have a fear of height. Now, don't get me wrong. I do go up high on places I ride roller coasters, I go up to tall buildings, but I am very cautious. I wouldn't say it's a phobia, but it's pretty close. I'm not sure what caused my fear of heights either, but I truly believe something triggers our fears and phobias even as far back as our memories can go. But anyway, I've always been afraid of flying, but I just count my breathing the entire time, not even joking. And any flight past four and a half hours is just way too much for me. (laughs) But in my early 20s, I took my niece, who was so little, dude, she was probably like four maybe five. And I took her to the Sears Tower in downtown Chicago. It wasn't my first time going up, but my parents had taken me when I was younger. I just don't really remember it. But in the Sears Tower, they have these giant glass boxes and you can walk right out onto them. So I took my niece out of her stroller and she kind of just walked out, no fear. Like most kids, they have no fear. And I remember I could not move my feet from the carpet to the glass box. I just couldn't do it. I also couldn't look down because I felt myself falling forward. My hands got really sweaty and my breathing increased drastically. I felt very faint and I still could not move my feet onto the glass. My niece was like, come on, and I didn't want to faint or look like a wimp in front of her, so I sat down on the carpet and I scooted my butt back all the way out onto the glass box. I still couldn't look down though. <laughs> And another time, I was hiking with my brother in southern Illinois, and we were on the edge of a cliff pretty high up. All I had to do was walk over the tiniest little crack to get to the edge of the rock. Now, the crack was like the length of my foot. My brother, he hopped over it no problem, and then sat on the edge of the rock. Again, I couldn't move my feet. I wanted to, but they just, they weren't moving. He actually had to come back and get me and then I kind of just stood there because I was counting my breathing and in no way wanted to sit on the edge like him. Now for sure I know I do have a phobia of small places, which if you don't know, is claustrophobia. This I've always had as a child. I absolutely hated being wrapped in blankets where you can't move your arms. You know, like a blanket burrito? I hated that. But also, I think why I hate flying, it's too small for me and no way out once you're up in the air. And it's just, you just feel trapped and it's claustrophobic. I've never allowed myself to be put into a small enclosure because even when it's not that small, I start to hyperventilate. So, not even gonna put myself in that situation. I mean, one time I do remember being on a tour of like a submarine at the Field Museum in downtown Chicago and I was freaking out. It was really crowded that day too at the museum. So there were just like a lot of people. I was already on edge. I don't like big crowds, but I remember thinking it wouldn't be a big deal, but it was. So while we're on this tour of the submarine, Like, I wasn't, I don't even remember a damn thing the guy said. I just remember it being dark and dingy and small, and all of us were, like, in a line. But the thing that saved me on that tour was they had the hatch on the top of the submarine open. So I could see the ceiling of the museum, and, like, I knew fresh air was coming through. So if I feel like fresh air is coming through, or I'm able to look out even of the tiniest hole... I'll be okay. So that's what got me through the tour. But claustrophobia is a very common phobia that many people have. But there are some people who just absolutely do not share that fear in any way. And I wonder what that feels like because I don't get it. (laughs) And to be honest, they do something called um, cave diving. Now, even if you're not claustrophobic, go watch the movie The Descent and try not to hyperventilate along with them. So it's about these girls who are cave diving and, well, you can imagine. I mean, it's a horror movie and there's some weird cave monsters, but honestly, they could have just made it about being stuck in the cave and I would have liked it way better that way. But that movie is the only way i'd ever experience cave diving i would never never ever not even for a billion dollars i'm serious y'all i would never cave dive but that brings me into today's freaky friday story now the reason i talked about phobias is because this story triggers a lot of emotions including making your heart race and possibly hyperventilating no joke So trigger warning for those of you especially y'all out there like me who are claustrophobic because this story actually did trigger me and I had to take it piece by piece. And I'm hoping I can record this in one shot, but if not, you'd never know anyway that I'd be taking breaks in between. So the man I'm going to talk about today was not claustrophobic and was just the opposite. So John Edward Jones was an amateur cave explorer. He along with some family and friends just before Thanksgiving in 2009 decided to go explore a nearby cave in Salt Lake City, Utah. The caves were known as the Nutty Putty Caves and were said to be an easy cave system to explore and it was good for beginners. But bullshit. Now, I'm asking you to go look at the cave system on my Instagram at creepychismet, and my lordy, I know I'm not crazy when I say that no way in hell is this cave system easy to get through. So these caves were discovered in the 60s, and they got their name from having a putty-like texture that lined the passages. The cave system has dozens of rooms that were connected by smaller quarters. Quarters? Quarters? <laughs> that's my midwestern accent coming through sorry corridors y'all i'm gonna try my best not to breathe so heavy but my arms are shaking already thinking about this story and as you'll see on the map of the caves a lot of corridors are small which required one to wiggle through Mm, why why do people do this but many people enjoyed exploring these nutty putty caves including boy scout troops who often went down now even though the cave said it was an easy system to get through and beginner friendly, they had a few problems in the past. A few people had gotten stuck, including two boys who were exploring. The cricket. The cricket stopped. Oh, thank you, little cricket. (laughs) So, a few people had gotten stuck, including the two boys, which I believe they were um, Boy Scouts, but they were all rescued. But if a boy got stuck in the damn cave, then why in the hell would you even think of trying it? Because if a boy is small and he got stuck, what makes you think you, a grown-ass person, would not get stuck? Just saying, y'all. So, after a few people got stuck, they closed and gated the caves. They didn't want anyone to go on to go explore anymore. But then they reopened, stating that you had to register so that they could keep track of who was down there and also to keep only a few people in the caves at one time. So on November 24th, John and his crew, which included his brother Josh and a friend, entered the caves. Now he and his brother had cave dived and explored many times. This wasn't a new thing for them. So they had been in the system for a little over an hour at this point, having a blast, just exploring in a cave, you know, doing their thing. It was around 9 p.m. Why are they in here at night? I don't know. But John assumed he had found a part of the cave known as the birth canal. Yes, I wish you could see my face right now. (laughs) Why would anyone want to go through a corridor named the birth canal? (sighs) My goodness. But it was called that because, well, you can most likely guess it had a very tight corridor to go down. Am I saying that correctly, corridor? Try saying that, that's a difficult word to say. So they go down into the cave. So it had a tight corridor to go down into the cave at one of the lowest points of the system. The corridor was tight and he definitely hesitated, but again, he thought he was in the birth canal part. So he pushed himself forward into the tight space But what John didn't know was that he was in a part of the cave that wasn't even on the map. Again, please look at my Instagram so you can understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to put the map on there and the area of the cave system where he was stuck. So he was in a part of the cave that was not on the map, but because he assumed he was in a different section according to his calculations, he still tried to wiggle further down because according to the map, there was a lot more space to explore. Now, the reason they chose to not add this section to the map in the first place was because it was way too small to even add onto the map and way too small to get through. Now, why didn't they add some type of warning, or gate, or close it, I'm not sure. So anyway, he keeps moving until finally he realizes he can't move anymore. Now at this point, he's almost completely vertical, head down in the cave corridor. He could not move in any way anymore. Now his brother Josh was right behind him and realized something wasn't right. So he tries to pull his brother back towards him, but remember, there's not much space, and he said John only moved just a small amount so right away he didn't hesitate he knew he had to get help so he heads back up to exit the cave now they're way down in this cave it doesn't take just 10 minutes to get out it takes it's a journey okay he goes as soon as he can because he knows you know time is precious in this case so he leaves john there with a friend to accompany him while he goes to get help a few hours later yes hours because remember they're way at the bottom of this cave the rescue crew shows up so remember it's nighttime again why are they there at night whatever these people are insane in my mind but no offense sorry so because it's night of course that makes things a lot harder also the space john is stuck is very narrow and only one person can fit at a time to try and help him rescue workers said that john did a great job at keeping calm but i mean even if you're not claustrophobic you're still stuck in one position and you can't move so they tried to drill around him as much as they could but at the angle that he was in it didn't do much help again so you get a better picture i will post a picture on my instagram if you want to go take a look at how he was in the cave and why it was difficult to get him out so what they do is they tie a rope around his ankles and they make sort of like a pulley system they put some bolts on the side of the the walls and then t- put rope through them to make a pulley system and they're gonna try and pull him out. But again, he was at a strange angle, and when they would pull on him, his legs would only hit the ceiling, and there wasn't much room to work with. He was in a lot of pain at this point, and he kept telling the rescuer that he just wanted to get out. I can't imagine. Now, between each attempt at pulling him out, they lowered a radio so that he could speak to his wife, who was expecting their child at the time. I cannot imagine how she is feeling during all of this. So John had now been stuck in the cave for over 19 hours in a vertical position, head Now, I'm no scientist, but being upside down that long causes lots of damage. You rupture blood vessels, you can even go blind, and in some cases, the organs make it difficult to breathe because they put pressure on your lungs. So the rescuers eventually pull him back enough that he could actually make eye contact with one of them. He asks how he's doing, and he says that his legs are hurting and that it sucks. At this moment... Him being able to see the rescuer and having moved back enough to almost get out, John must have been feeling so much hope. He was going to get out and see his loved ones again. So the rescuers go to pull on the ropes again and felt a snap and give on the rope. The rescuer closest to John got hit by something and was knocked unconscious for a while. When he came to, it took a while for him to regain himself, but when he did... He realized that John again had fallen back down to where he started. So what happened here was that where they had bolted the pulley, a chunk of rock broke from the pressure, and the bolt was what hit the rescuer in the head, and that's why John fell back down. Now the rescuer was injured and taken out to be attended to. At this point, they are trying to speak to John on the radio but he's not responding anymore, and they can hear his breathing is very shallow. So they panic, and a rescuer tries to fit through the narrow cave to try and tie a rope around his waist to just straight up pull him out as hard as they can. But the rescuer ends up getting stuck too, and now they have to help him out first. It's now been well over 24 hours and they have to give John medical attention, so they send a doctor in to help. By the time the doctor reached John, John had already passed away. He was declared dead at midnight. Everyone was devastated, but even more so knowing that they couldn't retrieve their loved one's remains because he was so stuck. So the owner of the land where the caves were said he wanted to dynamite the cave so no one could ever enter again. But instead, he was persuaded to close the caves with a giant concrete plug and then turn it into a place of remembrance for John. They even installed a beautiful plaque near the entrance. A tragic story and one of the worst ways to die. Again, it's hard to understand without seeing the cave map, so make sure to go check that out on my Instagram. And while you're there, just hit that follow button. I'd appreciate it. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook groups, and TikTok. Just search Creepy Chisme. If you like this episode, give it a like and a review or share it on your social media or with a friend. You can always email me at creepychisme4u. That's the number 4-Y-O-U at gmail.com. If you know a story or experience, I'd love to hear it and I might just share it with all my other listeners. Help spread the chisme, y'all. Gracias por escuchar, y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy.